0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all the merit badge books that scouting has to offer. In this episode, we are going to be reading the and merit badge books. Now, let's begin. The requirements for this merit badge are followed. 1. Do the following. A. Explain to your counselor how scouting safe swim defense plan anticipates, helps prevent and mitigate, and prevents responses to likely hazards you may encounter during swimming activities. B. Discuss the pre- preventive treatment for, of health concerns that could occur while swimming, including hypothermia, dehydration, sunburn, heat exhaustion, heat stroke, muscle cramps, hyperventilation, spinal injury, stings, and bites, and cuts and scrapes. 2. Before doing the following requirements, successfully complete the BSA swimmer test. Jump fees first into over the head in depth. Level often swim 75 yards in a strong manner using one or more of the following strokes. Side stroke, breast stroke, turgeon, or crawl. The swimming then swim 25 yards using an easy resting backstroke. The 100 yards must be completed in one swim without stops and must include at least one sharp turn. After completing the swim test by floating. 3. Swim continuously for about 150 yards using the following strokes, in good form and in a strong manner. Front crawl, or trojan, for 25 yards. Back crawl, for 25 yards. Side stroke, for 25 yards. brush stroke, for 25 yards. And elementary back stroke, for 50 yards. Do the following. A. Demonstrate water resource methods by reaching with your arm or leg, by reaching with a substitute object, and by throwing lines and objects. Explain why swimming rescue should not be attempted when reaching or throwing rescue is possible. And explain why and how a rescue swimmer should avoid contact with the victim. B, with a helper and practice victim, show a line rescue both as tender and as a rescue. The practice victim should be approximately 30 feet from shore in deep water. Five, do the following. A, float face up in a resting position for at least one minute. B. Demonstrate survival floating for at least five minutes. C. While wearing a properly fitted USA Coast Guard approved life jacket, demonstrate the help and huddle positions, and explain their purposes. C. D. Explain why swimming or survival floating will hasten the ones of hypothermia and cold water. 6. In water over your head, but not to exceed 10 feet, do each of the following. A. Use the feet-first method of surface diving and bring an object up from the bottom. B. Do a head-first surface dive, pike or tuck, and bring the object up again. C. Do a head-first surface dive into a depth of at least 5 feet and swim under for 3 strokes. Come to the surface, take a breath, and repeat the sequence twice. 7. Following the guidelines set in the BSA Safe swim defense in water at least 7 feet deep, Show a standing headfirst dive from a dock or pool deck. Show a long, shallow dive also from the deck or pool deck. If your city or local government requires a water depth greater than 7 feet, it is important to abide by that mandate. 8. Explain the health benefits of regular aerobic exercise and discuss why swimming is favored as both fitness and therapeutic exercises. Safety and First Aid Developed more than 60 years ago, the procedures included in the Boy Scouts of America Water Safety Plan have entered scouting what is believed to be the most fundamental c- water safety record of any youth organization in the United States. BSA Safety Swim Defense All swimming activities in scouting must be conducted according to the BSA Safe Swim Defense Standards. The eight portions of the Safe Swim Defense are as followed. One qualified supervision. All swimming activity must be supervised by a mature and adult at age twenty-one or older who understands and knowingly accepts responsibilities for the well-being and safety of others in his or her own care, and who is trained in and committed to compli- compliance with the eight points of the BSA Safety Swim Defense. It is strongly recommended that all units have at least one adult or older youth member currently trained in the BSA Swimming and Water Rescue or BSA Lifeguard to assist in the planning and conducting of all swimming activities. 2. Personal Health Review A completed health history is required for all participants as evidence of fitness and swimming activities. Forms of minors must be signed by a parent or legal guardian. Participants should be asked to relate any recent incidents or injuries or illnesses just prior to the activity. Supervision and protection should be adjusted to, a- to anticipate any potential risks associated with individual health conditions. For significant health conditions, the adult supervisor should require an examination by a physician and consult with parent guardian or caregiver for an appropriate pro- pro- precautions 3 safe area all swimming areas must be carefully inspected and prepared for safety prior to each activity water depth quality temperature movement and clarity are important considerations hazards must be eliminated or isolated by conspicuous markings and discussed with participants controlled access there must be safe areas for all participating el- all ability groups to enter and leave the water. Swimming areas of appropriate depth must be defined for each ability group. The entire area must be within easy reach or designed rescue personnel. The area must be clear of boat traffic, surfing, and other non-swimming activities. Bottom conditions and depth. The bottom must be clear of trees and debris. Abrupt changes in depth are not allowed. The non-swim In the non swimmer area, Isolated water hazards should be marked with floats. Rescue personnel must easily reach the bottom. Maximum recommended water depth in clear water is 12 feet. Maximum water depth in turbid water is 8 feet. Visibility. Underwater swimming and diving prohibited in turbid water. Turbid water exists when a swimmer treating water cannot see his feet. Swimming at night is allowed only in areas with both supervision and underwater lining. Diving and elevated entry Diving is permitted only into clear unobstructed water from heights no greater than 40 inches. Water depth must be at least seven feet for dives from fixed heights up to 18 inches and at least 10 feet for dives from sides or diving board from heights more than 18 inches to 40 inches. Persons should not jump into the water from heights greater than they are tall and only into water depths where if impact the bottom is absent or slight. No elevated entry is permitted where the person must clear any obstacle, including land. 5. Lookout. The lookout constantly monitors the conduct of the swim, identifies and departs from the safe swim defense guides, alerts response personnel as needed, and monitors the weather and environment. The lookout should have a clear view of the entire area, but be close enough for easy verbal communication. The lookout must have a sound understanding of the safe swim defense, but is not required to perform rescues. The adult supervisor may serve simultaneously as the lookout. Must be assigned the task to someone else if engaged in activities that pursue focus observation. 6. Ability Groups. All youth and adult participations are designed as swimmers. Beginners or non-swimmers. Based on swimming ability confirmed by the standards BSA swim classification tests, each group is assigned a specific swimming area with depths consent with those abilities. The classification test should be renewed annually, preferably at the beginning of the season. Swimmers pass the test. Jump feet first into water over the head and depth. Level off and swim 75 yards in a strong manners using one or more of the following strokes. Side stroke, breast stroke, turgeon, or crawl. Then swim 25 yards using an easy resting backstroke. The 100 yards must be completed in one swim without stops and must include at least one sharp turn. Although completing the swim rests by floating. Beginners pass the test. Jump feet first into the water over the head in depth. Level off and swim twenty-five feet on the surface. Stop. Turn sharply. Resume swimming and return in the starting place. Anyone who has not completed either the beginning or swimmer test is classified as a non-swimmer. The non-swimmer area should be no more than waist deep, chest deep, and should be enclosed by the physical boundaries such as the shore, a pier, or lines. The enclosed beginner area should contain water of standing depth and may extend it to depths just over the head. The swimmer area may be up to 12 feet in depth in clear water and should be defined by floats and other markers. 7. Buddy System Every participant is paired with another participant. Buddies stay together and monitor each other and alert the safety team if either needs assistance or is missing. Buddies check into and of the, are in the area together. Buddies are normally in the same eligibility group and re- maintain maintained in their assigned area. If they are not in the same ability group, then they swim in the area assigned to the buddy with lesser ability. Buddy checks indicate how closely the buddies are keeping track of each other, roughly every 10 minutes, or as needed to keep the buddies together. The lookout or other person de- designated by the supervisor gives an audible signal, such as a signal whistle blast, and calls for buddies. Buddies are expected to raise each other's hand before completion of a slow, audible count to 10. Buddies should take longer to find each other or should be remained of their responsibility for each other's safety. A buddy check also helps the safety team monitor everyone in the water. If a buddy is missing, search a search has begun immediately in accordance with the prearranged emergency action plan. If everyone has a buddy, a count is made by area and compared with the total members known to be in the water. Once the count is confirmed, a signal is given to resume swimming. 8. Discipline. Rules are effective only when followed. All participants should know, understand, and respect the rules and procedures for safe swimming provided by the Safe Swimming Defense Guidelines. Acceptable rules should be discussed prior to the outgoing and reviewed for all participants at the water's edge, just before swimming activity begins. People are more likely to follow directions when they know the reasons for the rules and procedures. Constance and partially applied rules supported by skill and good judgment provide stepping stones for a safe, enjoyable outing. Pool and Surf Swimming Safe swimming defense applies to swimming at a beach, private or public pool, wilderness pond, stream, lake, or anywhere else scouts swim. Here are some additional points for the pool and the surf. pool. If the swimming activity is in a public facility where others are using the pool at the same time, and pool operator provides guards personal, there may be no need for additional scout lifeguards and lookouts. However, there must always be an adult supervisor who understands his or her responsibility and ensures that the elements of safe swim defense are followed. The body system is also critically important. Even in a public, s- public pool, even in a crowd, you are alone without permission if no one is paying attention in your circumstances. The rule is that people swim only in water depth suited to their ability also applies at pools. Most public pools divide into shallow and deep water. This may be enough for defending appropriate swimming areas. If not, the supervisor should clearly point out to the participants the appropriate areas for public safety. Surf. The surf environment, with its wave action currents, tides, backwash, and sea life such as stinging jellyfish, requires precaution for safe swimming that aren't necessarily in other environments. A swimmer's physical condition and skill are very, very important and should enable the swimmer to recover footing in waves, swim for long periods without getting worn out, and remain calm and in control when faced with un- prepared conditions. Designed swimming areas are marked by flags or permanents that are easy to see. Beginners and non-swimmers should be positioned inshore from standing lifeguards who are equipped with rescue equipment. Better swimmers are permitted seaward of of, of the lifeguards, but must remain seaward of anchored marker buoys. The lifeguard swimmer Ratio should always be 1 to 10, with the rescue teams supplied with a rescue tube or other flotation aid at the beach area. First aid. Following swim safe defense will eliminate any serious risk in swimming, but remember to take the proper precautions. Hyperthermia occurs when the body core temperature falls below the normal average range, and the body cannot produce enough heat. Early signs include blushed lips, and shivering. Further cooling will upset the victim's ability to think clearly and to do simple tasks. The person may appear groggy and lack coordination. As cooling continues, the pulse rate slows and blood is directed to the critical organs and away from the extremities. As the body attempts to prevent further heat loss, the heart and lungs keep working at the expense of the hands. Feet and the brain. Further cooling will lead to unconsciousness and even death. The first treatment for hyperthermia is to prevent further heat loss. Once out of the water, the victim should be not allowed to walk. Move him to a warm shelter in a building, tent, or vehicle. As soon as possible, remove wet clothing and put on dry clothes or wrap the person in a blanket or dry towels. If the victim is unconscious, open the airway and check for breathing. You may apply warm, but not hot, towels or items such as hot water bottles wrapped in a towel, to the only trunk, crotch, or neck, and the head. Do not rub his legs or apply warming devices to the arms or legs. These actions may cause more blood to flow in the surface of the skin, away from vital organs. Finally, since even mild cases of hypothermia place the body in a very high-stress condition, closely watch all hypothermia victims for several hours, even if they appear to have recovered. Dehydration happens when we lose more water than we take in. Symptoms of mild dehydration include increased thirst, dry lips, and dark yellow urine. Symptoms of moderate to severe dehydration include severe thirst, dry mouth with little saliva, dry skin, weakness, dizziness, confusion, nausea, cramping, loss of appetite, decreased sweating, even with exertion, decreased urine production, and dark brown urine. For mild dehydration, drink a quart or two of water or sports drink over two or four hours. Rest for 24 hours and continue drinking fluids. See a medical doctor for moderate to severe dehydration, which requires emergency care. Prevent dehydration by drinking plenty of fluids wherever you are swimming in hot or cold weather. Drink enough so that your urine stays clear. Sunburn in a f- as a familiar condition that occurs during swimming activities, reflected sunlight from the water can be as damaged as direct exposure. To prevent sunburns, cover up and use a waterproof sunscreen with sun protection factor, or SPF, of at least 30. Rep- repiling sunscreen after prevent- after whenever you are swimming and limit the time in the sun. If your skin sunburn, apply clean, wet, compress, clothes, towels, or gauze pads. Dripped in cool water. Protect the burnt areas from further sun exposure. Heat reactions, including exhaustion and heat stroke, result when the body cannot keep itself cool enough. Symptoms of heat exhaustion may include dizziness, faintness, nausea, and severe lack of energy. A person may develop a headache, muscle cramps, and rapid pulse. Look look. Bluck pale and be sweating heavily. To treat heat exhaustion, have the victim lie down in a cool, shady spot with the feet raised, loosen clothing and cool him with a damp cloth or a fan. Have him or her sip water. Recovery should be rapid. If the conditions worse, get medical help. Heat stroke. The extreme life-threatening stage of heat reaction in which dehydration or water loss has caused a very high blood temperature. The victim's cooling system has started to fail, and the person's core temperature is at a dangerously high level. In addition to any symptoms of heat exhaustion, heat stroke symptoms can also include hot, sweaty, red skin, confusion, and disorientation. The victim may be unconscious. The victim must be cooled immediately, Loosen tights clothing, fan him, and apply wet towels. If you have have ice packs, wrap them in a thin barrier, such as a t-shirt, and place them under the armpits and against the neck and groin area. If the person is able to drink, give them small amounts of cool water, treat for shock, and seek medical emergency help ASAP. Muscle cramps. Sometimes cause muscle spasms. Occur when muscles are not getting enough oxygen or nutrients. That they need when the blood flow cannot prevent the buildup of waist and muscles vigorous exer- exercise and sweating can cause muscle cramps in the limbs cold water or cool weather increases the likelihood of cramping. Sudden, vigorous exercise without proper warm ups can also increase the risk of muscle cramps. If a muscle cramp begins to cramp while you are swimming, get out of the water and massage the cramp. If conditions are hot, cool down and drink fluids. If conditions are cold, find warmth and cover. Rub the cramping muscles to improve circulation. Hyperventilation is a result of over breathing, either deliberately or as a result of panic. Hyperventilating decreases the level of carbon dioxide in the blood, and surpasses the breathing reflex. This likely results in dizziness and fainting. Hyperventilation from panic is not, li- is not likely to occur in swimming. If all participants stay in water, suited to their individual skill levels, and the activity is properly supervised and disciplined, if a swimmer becomes panicky, he or she should be removed from the water and calmed. Before resuming any water activity, determine and resolve the cause of the panic. A foolish swimmer may deliberately hyperventilate to suppress the breathing reflex for underwater swimming. This is dangerous and puts the swimmer at a high risk. Such conditions is prohibited and should be sharply disciplined. Spinal injuries can occur from diving into shallow or obstructed water. Rescuers must be careful when a spinal injury is suspected. Spinal injuries can be fatal or cause paralysis. If the victim is not handled properly, additional serious injuries could result. Moving a victim is an extremely delicate task, left to train emergency professionals only. But if no one else is preven- pres- present, you may need to act. In a swimming accident, you may have to move the victim to prevent drowning or to perform rescue breathing. When tending to a suspect spinal injury victim, move the victim's head, neck and back as little as possible. The technique used to limit the movement is called inline stabilization. For information on this technique, see the chapter concerning the spinal injury management in the life saving merit badge pamphlet. Stings and bites are not common hazards when swimming in pools or lakes. But in salt water, swimmers may suffer creatures known as the body of water are swimming in and avoid possible contact with dangerous sea animals are the best strategy. For delicate fishing, soak the area with vinegar or alcohol and cover with a paste of baking soda mixed with water. Get medical help if the pain is severe. If the pain does not let up in a short time, or if the victim has an allergic reaction, feels dizzy, or has trouble breathing, for typical insect stings and bites, apply basic first aid as described in the Boy Scout Handbook or the First Aid Merit Badge pamphlet. Cuts and Scrapes may occur when swimming in natural waters if the bottom has not been carefully checked for hazards. In pool swimming, such as injuries are more likely when climbing in and out of the water without being careful along rough edges or corners. As in other situations, the wound should be cleaned, disinfected, and covered. The patrol first aid kit should contain appropriate supplies the minor wounds treatment for severe bleeding injuries control bleeding with direct pressure or pressure points until emergency medical help arrives survival skills cold water when a person is in cold water their skin and nearby tissues Co-quickly, the body immediately begins to produce heat to rewarm the skin. To prevent the cooling of vital organs, hypothermia occurs when the body loses heat faster than it can produce it, which causes the internal body temperature to decrease. Water or air temperatures lower than 70 degrees possesses hypothermia risk. If goosebumps appear on wet skin shortly after leaving the water, the area temperature should be considered cold and swimmers should... Take proper precautions. The first protection for cold water activities is to reduce the length of time in or on the water. At 70 degrees maximum, safe in the water time is approximately 20 minutes. Open water swimming in temperatures of 65 degrees or lower may pose substantial risk and should be avoided in all swimming activities. Procedures should include procedures and equipment for intermediate warning of anyone showing symptoms of chill. A properly fitted U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket should be worn for all activities afloat in small aircrafts. The life jacket will help keep you afloat. In addition, it can provide insulation and significantly reduce heat loss in cold water that could lead to hypothermia. If you are alone in cold water and more than a short distance from safety, your best strategy is to float motionless. This will help you conserve heat. Keep your life jacket on and all your clothing on for insulation. Heat loss is most rapid from the head and crotch. Before water will move heat away from the body faster than air. Keeping your face and head in the water will speed up heat loss. Vigorous swimming will chill you and most rapidly. Treading water is tiring and will produce heat loss more than... Rapidly as swimming, surviving floating, or downproofing, as described later in this chapter, might be some, somewhat better than swimming or treading water if your movements are slow and limited. But submerging the head and face will increase heat loss. For these reasons, your best cold water strategy is to float motionless with your life jacket and clothes on. Your head will be out of the water and your legs drawn close up to your chest. This is called the heat escape lessening posture, or help. If you are stranded in cold water with one or more persons, you should huddle together to reduce the cold water contact and conserve heat. To do this, press together tightly and float motionless. Survival Floating what if you find yourself deep without flotation support and too far away from shore to swim? Perhaps you were swooped out by sea by an unusually strong current or thrown overboard from a boat in strong waves. You must keep yourself afloat until help arrives. Floating on your back is a good plan if there are no waves. Another possibility for survival floating or downproofing, which will work even if you are being tossed around by wind and waves. Survival floating or down-float- downproofing. To survive a float, begin by taking a breath, putting your face in the water, and floating d- face downward in a relaxed position, The je- or the, the, called the jellyfish float. For most people, the back of the neck will break the surface of the water. After holding your breath for a comfortable length of time, begin to exhale slowly while spreading your legs and bringing your arms near the surface. As you exhale, bring your legs together and push gently down with your arms. This movement should give you just enough to let you rise from the head and mouth above the surface and get a quick breath. After you get your breath, lower your head and immediately return to your relaxed face-down position. Several different arms and leg movements, such as an occasional slow scissor kick, may work well when survival. Remember, less movement is better because you are trying to conserve energy. Slow, relaxed movements is better than quick or precise movements to take more energy. As you practice survival floating, you may find that insulation and that you end up briefly treading water. This will quickly tire you. To correct this problem, be sure to exhale completely while your head is down in the water. Practice survival and to exhale in the water and lift your head just enough for one quick breath. Remember to relax. It may be a long wait. Swimming skills. One of the most important elements of safety in the water is the ability to swim. Strong swimmers can swim at a reasonable distance with a comfort, confident, steady stroke, but strong swimmers are not safe swimmers until they can safe water entry, swim at a restful stroke, and maintain themselves in the water when hurt or exhausted. Every first-class scout is demonstrated that he is strong, safe swimmer who has mastered certain in-water skills. The BSA swimmer test requires the first-class advancement includes these and water skills, and represents the minimum level of ability for safety water swimming. Consider the components of the test. 1. Jump feet first into the water over your head in depth. You must be able to make an abrupt entry into the water and begin swimming without any aids. Walking in front from shallow water, easing into the edge or down a ladder, pushing off from a poolside or bottom, and gaining forward momentum by diving in Diving do not satisfy this requirement. 2. Swim 75 yards in a strong manner using one or more of the following strokes. Side stroke, breast stroke, turgent, or crawl. You must be able to cover distance with a strong, confident stroke. The 75 yards must not be outer limit of your ability. You should be able to complete the distance and still have enough stamina to avoid undue risks. Dog paddling and strokes repeatedly interrupt and restart are influenced under underwater swimming is not allowed. The strokes listed above may include various. Any strong side stroke or best stroke, or any strong overarm stroke, including the back crawl, is acceptable. 3. Then swim 25 yards using an easy resting backstroke. You must perform a restful, free-breathing backstroke that can be used to avoid ex- exhaustion during swimming activity. This part of the test will need to follow a more strenuous swimming activity to show that you can, in fact, use the backstroke to rest and recover. You must accomplish this change of stroke in deep water without any push-off or any other aid. Of Any verification of the elementary backstroke is acceptable. The back crawl may be used if clearly allows you to rest and catch your breath. Four, the 100 yards must be swum continuously and include at least one sharp turn. You must cover the total distance without stopping. The sharp turn demonstrates your ability to reserve direction in deep water without assistance or push off from the side or bottom. 5. After completing the swim test by floating. Thus, cri- critically important part of test evaluates your ability to maintain yourself in the water indefinitely through, though exhausted or otherwise unable to keep swimming. Treating water or swimming in this place will further tire you, and therefore is unacceptable. The length of the float is not important, except that it must be long enough for the tester to demonstrate that you are are resting and likely enough for the tester, uh, and could continue to do so for just a long period. Drowning proofing may be sufficient if it is clearly restful, but it is not preferred. If the test is completed, except for the floating requirement, you may be rested on the floating after instruction only if the tester feels confident that you can enter the floating when exhausted. Entering to the Water Get in the habit of entering the water feet first whenever you practice swimming skills. This will protect your head and neck from being injured by unseen objects below the surface or when the water is shallower than you think. It is always safe to learn and practice entries into the water that is over your head and depth. Thank you for listening to Part t- 1 of the Swimming badge book Reading.